The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Find out about all of SeaDeck's amazing standard and customizable applications online at www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to the Golden Mike Podcast, everybody. I'm the Noise of the North, Dano the Mano. We're coming at you from Orlando, Florida, and now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Malibu Boats and O'Brien Water Sports. Check out the all-new Malibu Boats M235 at MalibuBoats.com. The M235 is the newest addition to the Malibu family and was designed to be nothing less than the most ultra-premium performance towboat the world has ever seen. Find out more at MalibuBoats.com. For over 50 years, O'Brien has worked hard to design, test, manufacture, and improve each and every product they make, so your water time will make memories that last a lifetime. See everything O'Brien has to offer online at O'Brien.com. Today I'm excited as I got to sit down with one of the all-time greats, a legend, a pioneer in the sport of wakeboarding, and probably one of the sport's nicest guys of all time. The Micker, otherwise known as Mr. Kobe Mikasich, is my guest, and we had a super fun convo, interview, chat, reflection perhaps. We talk about wakeboarding and athletes of today and, of course, yesterday, We talk bus tours and if he thinks we'll ever see them again. Micker and I even talked about the time he sprayed a boat filled with tourists in Hawaii in the 90s and he almost got kicked off the island. The conversation was a ton of fun, insightful, and I think you'll get a feel for why Kobe is looked at as such a great ambassador and, more importantly, just an awesome human being. Be sure to listen all the way through for your chance to win an old-school signature O'Brien Kobe board signed by both the Micker and Tara the day I was out at Freedom Wake Park riding and recording. As always, the Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you free twice monthly and is always available online at noiseofthenorth.com. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow's Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, O'Brien, GoPuck, Hungry Boards SUP, Malibu Boats, and Rockstar Energy. Follow me, tag me, tweet me on social media, Instagram at Dano T Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike, and be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com, so please send some words for me to read, guys. Now, before we pay some bills, I've already been hard at work behind that famous golden mic this year. In fact, in late January, I kicked off the season over at Darren Shapiro's new home lake, Lake Rise, for the first ever Polarize Pro-Am Kicker Contest. I worked double duty that day and recorded some short sound bites with some of the athletes and folks on site. So sit back, relax, and have a listen to this week's audio montage from the first ever Polarize Kicker Contest presented by Rockstar Energy, Performance Ski and Surf, Ronix GoPro, and SP Gadgets. Now enjoy, guys. the man, the myth, the legend himself, the one and only Darren Shapiro. Darren, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dan. Polarize, the first of its kind, uh, something you came up with. It's a winter event. Who are some of the names we can watch out for? All the younger divisions. We've got the Stuckies out here. We're excited to have some young shredders out here as well as, you know, Nell Cohen's and 
Danny Bernstein and a, just a host of other just great pro riders we're really excited about, Gunther Oka. So let's talk about the place real quick. Lake Rise, we're basically miles from the project, miles from, just a few miles from Lake Ronix. Uh, the property looks amazing out here. The water conditions are beautiful so far here today. For me, it's a dream come true. It's the ultimate playground. I couldn't imagine a more amazing place to spend time with my family and friends. I'm Darren Shapiro, we're at Lake Rise, and you're listening to the Golden Mike Podcast with Dan the Man of the Noise of the North. One of the guys is gonna be riding in the Pro Division here at the Polar Eyes. Danny Bernstein, how you doing, man? Good. How's Lake Rise? Uh, it's awesome, it's super deep, it's a good temperature today, and definitely some nice kickers. Trying to do a double today. T. Rent Stuckey from the Stuckey Brothers Trent. How long have you been wakeboarding? Um, on cable, I've been wakeboarding for about three and a half years. But on boat, I started um, very young, like just riding between my dad's legs. What has been your best accomplishment, your biggest contest win? Well, I just like to have fun on the water and just um, just play with my friends out there. Joey Medak, uh, anybody you're really excited to watch out here at Polarize today? I don't know. There's a lot of new names and faces in the um, you know beginner, intermediate, advanced division, so it'll be cool to see what they're doing. Um, what exactly is beginner these days is uh, will be fun to watch. And then, uh, like I said, the pro the pro division anyway should be pretty competitive as well. How about you? I know I've seen some some uh, photos of you hitting some features in your day. Any chance you're going to be getting on the water? Not a chance. <laughs> Not today. I kind of got a bum knee right now, so I'm kind of staying off and re trying to rehab it a little bit. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, when the months warm up here, I can get back out there. He's the man behind the lens and the man behind the wake journal, the one and only Joey Maddock. Joe, thanks. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Hanging out here with one of the youngest riders of the day. We saw him in the uh, first division. Young man by the name of Mr. Kian Shapiro. Kian, how was your ride out there this morning? Good. So what's your favorite part about wakeboarding? I like cable riding and how you can, how there's obstacles and how you can hit all this stuff. What's your favorite trick? Regular heel side to late 180 off. And who's your favorite wakeboarder? My dad. The one and only DJ Drop Top, Brandon Thomas, rock star rider. So far, so good. What do you think of the event? Uh, this place is awesome, man. I haven't been out here, and Darren's a longtime friend of mine and someone who helped me out when I was young. So I'm here to help out today. Brought some rock stars, brought the music. So uh, I'm looking forward to a good time. This place looks epic. She just broke into the pro world in the 2015 season. She had an awesome year, and we're going to be seeing a lot more of her as we move into 2016, we hope. She's from my home state, Illinois, Jamie Lopina. Jamie, how you doing, girl? I'm doing good. Have you had the opportunity to ride here at Lake Rise? Yes, I have, a couple times. It's always fun. You're hurt right now. How long are you going to be out for? Just six weeks, hopefully. The Chan Man, Chandler, pow, 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 one of the most recognized wakeboard athletes in the world. So you're going to be competing a little bit later in the pro division here at the first ever Polarize. Do you have anything up your sleeve for today? Ooh, I don't know. Just going to go big off the kicker jumpers and see what I can do. All right, well, there it is, guys. We're going to have them for a proper full episode here in the near, near future, and I guarantee you that. The Chan Man, Chandler, pow, 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 pow. Thanks, Chandler. No worries. Hardest working man in the industry, the one and only Mike Ferraro is here with us. Mike, how you doing? Good, Dano. Always good to see you and always good to hear you. So, Mike, Darren Shapiro, he was one of your, would you say one of your first? One of my first. Uh, yeah, he was definitely one of the guys that gave me the gray hair that I have today. So how cool is it to see Darren come as far as he has over the last, you know, three decades or so since you started working with him, his own lake here at Lake Rise, just miles from Lake Ronix? You know, the, I think the coolest part about it is it's kind of like when riders build a facility, they get it. They know what the other riders want. They know what makes them feel comfortable, where the good vibes are coming from. So it's really fun to see Darren, you know, with this blank canvas. This property was real rough when he got it blank canvas and then every day it just got better and better and now like the vi I was I called him last night after practice I said the vibe is so good out there it's so much fun to be around now how about this event it's a pro-am event it's just kickers what are your thoughts on it I love it I think it's really cool and what's really cool is the young kids that are just coming into the sport they really embrace it and they're like constantly thinking you know what can I do I've seen the guys in the you know in the videos doing stuff let me try my own thing let me add my flair to it and they can come to a place like this and show what they got. Ronix team rider, Jake Palat, the man known around Lake Ronix as Old Reliable. Jake, what's happening, man? Beautiful day, 
people are killing it. What are you thinking about throwing down? We're not over the loudspeaker here, so if you got anything <laughs> secret that you're holding in, let us know. Probably just gonna do a back three method and uh, try some uh, mute mode fives. See how it goes. All right, now how about this event? What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, this this contest is awesome. It's kind of the first first thing anyone's done this year, so it's cool. Just charging kickers on a beautiful January day. It's 75 degrees. You can't beat it. Yonel Cohen. Wake Park events are normally done on traditional cables, which go around in big laps. This is a two-tower cable system. How is this going to be a little bit different, or how is this going to be any different than a traditional cable kicker contest? Well, I mean, okay, so it's like a shorter run-up. I think it definitely gets you more tired because uh, cable just goes around in a circle. This one you got to edge wide and the cable pulls and everything. But I think it takes like you got to think quicker and like what you want to do before like because in cable you get a certain amount of time around that whole thing. And I think it's going to be fun and different. So I'm happy to try this. Pedro called us, man. How excited are you to go into this uh, final round? Yeah, it's going to it's going to be great. Like I'm going to try to go huge and uh, do my best. Okay, so what's been the biggest difference for you since moving to America from Brazil? Um, the girls. Girls here are way harder than Brazil. But uh, also, like, speaking a little bit, like, the, the language, it's, it's, it, it was hard. Now it's getting easier each time, like, I, I started learning more in English, like, to speak English. But it's, it's, it's getting better. The finals came down to Jake Pilat and Yonel Cohen, two young names who are really truly making a way for themselves, you know, through the industry and through the sport right now. And it was a backside 900 that won the contest. What did you think of the riding? I was so impressed. I mean, we've got multiple double flips going on out there, uh, which it really blew my mind because the guys are really pushing each other. It's one thing for guys to show up on an event and just kind of go through the motions, but I really felt like the competitive spirit was alive and well during this contest. And the fact that Yunel fell on his first two hits and it came down to his very last hit to either you know win the contest or not, and he held it together and stuck just that beautiful backside nine perfectly. Um, it was just such a perfect storybook ending to the event. All right, you inspired, are you gonna put on another event or will we see a second annual Polarize? Absolutely. I think we're going to maybe try to do another event um, before the end of the year and definitely to make this an annual event. The support we've had from all these sponsors has just been just really, you know, made me feel good about what we're doing here. Well, Darren, it was an honor for me to be a part of this one, the first one. I hope I can be here for the next one and every single one after that. Any closing thoughts before I let you go? Oh, it was just an honor to have you here as well as the support from Rockstar and Brandon Thomas. Of course, Roenix Wakeboards. SP Gadgets, GoPro. I mean, just what a great day. Thank you for being here as well. Woodrose is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrose handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at woodrose.com for 30% Set off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano. We're back here at Freedom Wake Park and I'm chilling with the one and only, the living legend himself, the Micker, Kobe Mikasich. You know, Micker, you've been doing this for a long time, and you've been a part of this sport. And I met you around 1998, I believe, and you were doing a demo outside of Chicago at Munson. And I came out with Eric Ruck to see you. Was that bus tour time? Yes, it was. Yeah. Talk about the bus tours. What were they all about? So, yeah, so so Bish and I started the bus tours because we saw that when you would go to an event— if you weren't a title sponsor, you had a really hard time making an impact with your sponsors and, you know, giving them the attention that they deserve. And so we decided to get a rig, a bus, 
and travel around the country and we would go to our dealers and we would do these VIP clinics between the events. So we based it around the tour, but when, you know, when we would drive from Texas to Phoenix, we would stop in between and go visit. It was mainly uh, focused on O'Brien dealers and also um, at the time, Tyga dealers. And so we focused on them. Uh, we used their network of dealers and we would go and do these VIP clinics between the stuff really to promote the sport, but also give our sponsors a fair shot at introducing their products. It, it, that's a good reason for them to pay you. If you're not, I mean, maybe if you're not winning contests, you know, or it doesn't really put the pressure on you to go out and have to win the contest, I should say. For sure. I mean, like, you know, for sure. What it made us, what it allowed us to do, it was, it was a lot, it allowed us to make an income traveling around and working in the sport and promoting the products that we designed. So definitely, I mean, like we had such an impact on the board shapes and the boats and everything that. We just wanted to get the word out there, you know, and, and really drive the sport so that we could continue to do the sport. Why don't bus tours happen anymore? Uh, it's financially very difficult to do. When Chris and I were doing the bus tour, not only were we getting our income and compensation for being professional riders, we went out and raised additional money to support the bus tour. So when Chris and I would go on those bus tours, the money that we raised for the bus supported the bus on the road that went directly into paying for the bus to get around the country and then fortunately our other deals on the sides we were able to make a living and so nowadays um there's just not the dollars dedicated to a buster to really do it the right way i mean but you you don't necessarily need a bus i mean you could go get uh you could go get a, a suburban for sure hitch your boat to the back of of the truck and drive around for probably half the price it costs you guys to get around. So why don't we see ki like kids doing that these days? Um, I think it's the dedication. I mean, like Chris and I lived on the road. We were married to each other and we were married to the bus tour. I mean, like we would go on the road for months on end and it, it's really the dedication to it. I mean, I truly believe in our time Chris and I won't see another bus tour like the way we did it. I mean, we committed our lives to it and um, it was really the commitment to it, you know? And, and um, I think that's the biggest change is that it's, it's very difficult to find people that are willing to dedicate their entire lives to something. Do you see in our industry today, do you see a need for something like this to happen again? You know, I think it's different now with social media. If you create something, invent something, you can get it out the same day. And I think that's the, the nice thing about social media right now is that you don't need to have a lot of dollars. You don't need to have, you don't need the time to travel the country. What Chris and I used to do is we used to go on the road and we would do exhibitions. We'd show people what's capable of wakeboarding and boats and everything. We'd show people what's modern and current well back then you had to wait for a magazine to come out which could be months you had to wait for a tour stop to come around to see it you know videos weren't around as much so i think now when you come out with something new and creative you can show it that same day and i think that maybe that's a little bit of a change is that there's not the urgency to go out and see somebody do it and go out and and maybe meet somebody because you can just pick up you know, your phone or whatever, and learn everything about that person and everything about that product instantly. So I, I think that might be a little bit of why the busters aren't as popular now. In the late 90s, even early 2000s, it was like wake, not, not Beatlemania, it was like wakeboard mania. It was a humongous deal. People, re, like, you showed up at a place in that bus. You know, I remember you pulling into this, like, small town like Twin Lakes, and a line of cars following you to see where you were going because, you know, it, it, it was just insane. Um, you know, I think the state of wake is in a good place right now. I really do. But at the end of the day, there is no secret that the shorelines are not packed as they used to be. Uh, you know, like uh, a good example is an event like 
like board stock, something that you know you could consider like close to board stock would be something like uh, bro stock these days. And it's big, but not on that same level. Correct, and and you're right. It was it was it was when we were doing the bus tour in the heyday of the bus tour. It was it was crowded. It was packed. There was definitely a need for it. The 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 industry thrived to it. I think it's diluted. I think there's so much stuff going on it's diluted when we used to do big tournaments and there'd be you know thousands of people that would show up well there was maybe four or five tournaments for the entire year there was maybe you know one event that was going into these towns for the year you know so i think that now there is so much access to events and parties and everything that it just simply got diluted i have a buddy that just opened a bar and he's struggling with the fact that there's so many bars then I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, it's kind of like diluted. And it's kind of feels, this, it kind of, we kind of went through that same thing that, you know, there's, there's so much access to it that's different. It's not bad. It's just different, you know? And so like, I remember going to an event and talking to my friends in, you know, Joey Sheets in Portland. Like that was, his, we would go to Blue Lake. That was his one event for the year. Later on, they started doing their own events. But at the beginning and for many years, for probably 10 years, we we're the only wakeboard event that would go to Portland, you know? So like that was cool because everyone was looking forward to it, you know? And now, I mean, you know, you look at every town, there's a lot of options to go to an wakeboard event or to participate in it and all that stuff. So what would you say would be like your most fond memory of being on the bus? You know, I mean, I, I think it was pretty amazing that, the relationship that Chris and I had. I mean, like, I don't think it could have been a better match. I mean, like, we are still the best of friends. And, like, having somebody like that that had an interest, an equal interest in the sport and in our business and what we did and how we could get along. I mean, the things that I was terrible at, Chris was phenomenal, you know? And so, like, the things that, you know, Chris didn't have the time to do or didn't want to do, I would do. And so we were, like, a perfect marriage and, like, I think that was the most amazing thing is the is the chemistry that we had on the, on the on the road tour was like it was awesome. I mean like we had fun and we knew how to run it and we knew how to go 24 hours a day. Like we knew how to not stop and it was just like a great it was it was awesome. I mean I think and I think that was the coolest thing is to know that that exists that you can you know, have that same passion, you know, and have that same drive and, and really dedicate something to, to things. And, you know, so the memories are definitely the friends, you know, the people that we met along the road, you know, um, the wakeboarding part of it was fun, but we ended up riding in a lot of places that were not the best conditions, you know, so they were challenging, you know, being on the water was the challenging part of it, you know, and so like, you know, you look at Freedom Wake Park, it's glassy all the time. It's perfect conditions. You know, like, that's very rare for the country. No so, matter where the wind is blowing, you'll be able to come here and find all line to ride. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, you know, so like, definitely the roads here was was great, you know. And, and even, you know, talking to Ruck and having him part of that too. Like, you know, I think I think it's fun to go back now and kind of laugh about it. But like, it was a great time. You know, Eric's one of those guys that you that you had mentored, Kobe, uh, when he was, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, just getting his start as a pro rider. And I asked Eric, you know, what, you know, the, the like some of the, the most that he learned from you and from Bish. And, and he was like, really, it wasn't on the water. It was how to be a pro off the water. And, you know, you see Ruck, he is he is the ultimate pro, you know, whether yeah. he's winning or not. I mean, the guy's professional. Mm -hmm. you, you, you bring up actually a really good point is um, we actually, I was with Ruck last weekend and um, it was so funny because we were sitting there talking and chatting and everything. We talked about all these stories and all the things we've done. Not once did we really talk about how we wrote. It was always like, oh, we went on this photo shoot or we went to this boat show or we went on this trip and we skateboarded and we surfed and we did all these other things but that's the thing is that you know there's your riding is a bonus but there's so much more to the sport and you're right ruck's a perfect example of being able to do everything you know and um, but yeah when you look back the riding is a portion of it 
but it, it's not everything. Is Rucklick the only guy you've done that for, or are there other riders? Well, it's so funny that you say we mentored Ruck. I don't think we did. We just really liked Ruck, and Ruck just ended up going on the road with us because he was one of our friends. So, like, maybe it, maybe it looks like we mentored him, but I never thought of that. Like, he was always the one there that wanted to go skateboard. He always was the one that always wanted to hang out. Like, he wanted to go on the road. He wanted to go, you know, ride and compete and, and be part of what we were doing. So I don't ever look at it as that we mentored him. Maybe that's what happened. But that definitely wasn't our intentions. So, yeah, it just kind of worked out. How about trouble? In all the years you were on the bus, you guys must have at least gotten in a little trouble at least once or twice. We were extremely fortunate. I can't think of one incident where we got in trouble or a ticket or anything. Like, I can't think of it. I mean, we were it – is, it is actually – amazing that we didn't get in trouble i mean we were good guys we weren't doing anything wrong we weren't you know we weren't disrespecting you know people or anything like that and so the fact that we never got involved we never got into drugs you know we you know so that was really good is that we were very lucky that you could have fun and and not get in trouble you know we definitely pushed it but it was like rental cars and you know e-brakes and having you know you know being being aggressive, but the good thing is that we never got in trouble. Did you always have an idea that you would start a wakeboard school? Never, never wanted to do it. Never thought that I would enjoy it as much as I do. I actually, all those years on the road tour and stuff, I never really thought of us as coaches. And I hate to say it, but I, but I felt when I was a rider, I felt coaches were the guys that can't do it. And I hate saying that now, or I, I don't hate saying that now, but when I, when, when I thought that, it was just naive of me. But I never thought that I would enjoy and get so much pleasure out of seeing somebody jump the wake that can't jump the wake at the beginning and you walk them through a process to make it easier. That is extremely gratifying, and I never thought that I would enjoy it. And so if you would have asked me when I was wakeboarding, if I was a coach, I would have said no. And if, they, if you would ask me, is that something that I'd end up doing? I would definitely say, no, I, I probably won't do that. But it's really fitting for what, what we do and what I enjoy. And I do. I, I enjoy coaching and, and all levels. Like mainly the, easy, the, the more beginner they are, it's almost the more gratifying. Um, how does it make you feel when, when one of your students – gets up on top of that podium um it's awesome it's it's really cool like i never felt like i got nervous competing but now when i see guys that i coach compete i'm like freaking out i'm like when tara rides i leave i mean when she goes to ride i go down the lake i go walk around i i just don't even i don't even i like freak out when i when i was a kid in a it, you know show ski nationals doing the ski show nationals or state tournament, I'd look into the crowd. You know, it's our thing, you know, to look to, to, to be one with the crowd or whatever, the showmanship. And I look over, and there's my mom. There's my mom just bawling her eyes out. And I and I get done skiing, and I come back to her. I say, Mom, next contest, you got two choices. Either you got to, like, not come or not cry, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't help. So it's really, it's really cool, you know, and, like, and – I mean, it's, it's cool. A lot of our riders have gone on to have really successful careers. They're going to have long careers. And I think that's cool because I think we did a good job of showing them that it's a whole package deal and you have to find your niche. You have to find your niche, how you stand out, how you're going to make an impact of the sport. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that I try to emphasize is that, you know, at the end of the day, you got two choices. You can be a taker of the sport or you can be a giver. If you're a giver, you'll, you'll end up walking away from the sport as a happy guy. If you're a taker, I believe you're going to be miserable the whole time you're in the sport and also afterwards. And I hope that the, the guys that we've been able to, to kind of, you know, be involved with, they, they always think of that throughout their entire 
time in the sport that they're giving something and they're not taking. We're going to stop right now, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. BoatsBoats.com offers the largest selection of pre-owned towboats in the world, and they're always on the lookout for more gently used boats. If you're looking to sell your wakeboard boat this year, give them a call. Boulder Boats is also the exclusive Malibu and Access dealer for the Southwest with locations in both Nevada and Arizona. The owners and staff are towed water sports enthusiasts too. Straight shooters all the way. Boulder Boats continues to support and grow the sport this year with the announcement that they'll play host once again to this year's Malibu Boats Rider Experience West. For the first time ever though, Riders have the opportunity to shred the beautiful waters of Lake Las Vegas in Henderson, Nevada, which is normally closed off to powerboat traffic. The event takes place just about 20 minutes from the Vegas Strip and McCarran International Airport. The Malibu Boats Rider Experience West serves also as the WWA Regionals, which is required to qualify for the WWA Wakeboard National Championships. This stop of the Rider Experience happens May 13th through the 15th, 2016 so book your room now at the hilton lake las vegas i'll be there announcing and hanging out and i must admit i'm quite excited about this one for sure it's malibu boats rider experience west hosted by boulder boats happening may 13 through 15 on lake las vegas find out more at boulderboats.com thanks again to everyone at boulderboats.com Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the North, Dano the Mano. Now let's get back to the conversation with the living legend, the Micker, Kobe Mikasich, here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Kobe, I want to drop a few names and I just want to hear a few thoughts on, on, on these names, all right? I'm going to start with Chris Bischoff. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's my best friend, man. Like he just, just a great guy, man. Just one of the best. How about Mike Weddington? Who is he? A lot of fun, man. We had some great times when we were, when we were riders and we were, um, you know, he was kind of like, I'd like to say my partner in crime. How about Thomas Harrell? I really enjoyed the time that we had with, with Thomas. Unfortunately, I don't get to see him much anymore or talk to him much, but like, that was that was uh, that was an interesting time because I think Thomas was going through a lot of like changing in his life and and maturing and stuff like that and seeing that there was a lot of times that that was kind of hard to see because you want the best out of people you know. How about Darren Shapiro? Great friend, um, Darren Shapiro is one of those guys that that um, he's one of those guys that if you know him. I believe he's a lot different than what people expect he should be like. And he's always been a great friend of mine. He's always been there for me. I've gone through some rough times where I needed help and he was there for me. He's one of those guys that if you know him as a friend, total different level of respect for him. And and I'll tell you, Darren got the sport on the map. Okay. I think Darren Shapiro was the guy that everyone looked at and said, that does not make sense. What you're doing on a wake that's six inches high or a foot tall, what you're doing doesn't actually make sense visually. And I think he made everybody look at the sport and be like, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, so like he brought a lot of attention to wakeboarding. How about Scott Byerly? Scott Barley is the guy that made everybody want to wakeboard. Darren Shapiro made everybody look at the sport and go, that is amazing. Scott Barley was the guy that everyone watched and said, I can do that. I want to feel the feeling that he's feeling, and I want to do that. And so those two guys, I think, were the most critical guys in the sport, except for Eric Perez is another one. But I think those two guys were the most critical guys for the growth of the sport because one of them made everyone look at it. Darren made everybody look at the sport. Scott made everybody want to do the sport. I got two more names I'm going to throw out here at you. Uh, Mizuki Takahashi. Mizuki is awesome. He is a fun, got a great sense of humor, um, ended up being the uh, homecoming king at his school, which I thought was great. Um, very personal. Love the kid. I mean, he's 
you know, I, I really think of him as my kid now. And like, I know he's going to have a phenomenal career, but he's going to be one of those guys that's going to have the most fun in the sport. He's extremely talented, but he's a fun guy. Like he wants to have fun. He's really easy to get along with. And he's the first guy to be like, yeah, let's go do that. All right. I've got one more name that I'm, that I'm going to throw out here at you. And, um, Anybody who is on social media knows this guy's name because he's probably, well, if you're affiliated with wakeboarding, he's probably tagged you in a photo. How about Robbie Marshup? Robbie Marshup, man. So that guy is definitely the, he is the ambassador, the promoter of the stoke in the sport. Like he is the guy that when I feel like the sport isn't the coolest thing in the world, I can call Robbie and he will always give me that feeling that this is the greatest thing on earth. And he has become such a great friend and such a great, just such a great guy that is always the number one fan of our sport. He's number one fan of the people in it. He's the number one fan of wakeboarding. And he's, he's the guy that you hope everyone would feel a little bit of what he feels when you think of wakeboarding. Hey, and you got to hand it to him. He's getting people on the water. He gets people on the water because he loves it so much and he's passionate about life and he's passionate about water sports and he's passionate about people. You know, I, I consider one of my best friends and somebody that I was extremely fortunate to, to meet through this sport, you know. Are you riding much these days yeah i do i i ride a lot and i still love to hit the wake and jump <laughs> tara's looking at me and laughing right now but i do i still enjoy getting out there the good thing is is i don't feel like i need to ride because i've ridden so many years i don't feel like i i need to get out there but i feel like i still am riding with being in the boat as much as we are at freedom wake park i feel like i haven't missed a day I know that if I go ride, I'm still going to get pleasure out of it. I'm still going to get a good rush and feel good about riding. So, yeah, I, I would say that, yeah, I'm still active. You're one of the legends, a pioneer Would you, would you, of, this, of wakeboarding. Do you consider yourself a West Coast rider? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Do you, do you ever feel like maybe you've got... Um... I still feel like I'm at a place over here on the East Coast. Like, I still don't feel like I actually moved in. I always yeah. feel, though, that you, but you always have that kind of, you, you had a different style than, you know, your Ricky Gonzalez, your Randall Harris's, and the guys who would kind of be yeah. technically known as the West Coast Riders. Are you the original West Coast Rider? Well, I think of West Coast Riders as like, you know, Nelson, Greg Nelson, Bill McCaffrey, Kobe, you know, those are the West Coast Riders, you know. Randy and Ricky are SoCal, like they're Southern California. That's a totally different world, you know? So like, I think a West Coast riders are all the guys on the West Coast, you know? And I think, I think, well, I'd like to think that I was more like Nelson and Bill, you know? I'd like to think I was more like those guys because we were, we were from, you know, we are from the mountains. We snowboarded, we surfed, you know, we wakeboarded, we did all that stuff. And so I, I kind of, I don't know, it seemed like I was more, comfortable with those guys then then you know randy and, and ricky kind of created their own niche down south which was great because it's very distinct you know those guys are you know they're west coast there's they're socal <laughs> so i think that's a big difference but i mean like i still think i'm i still think i'm more of a west coast thinker as far as like a line down a mountain or a a wave and what tricks you can do on a wave and like more of like flowing than just knocking and banging out tricks. You know, like when I ride, I don't think of myself as like a, an Orlando wakeboarder. I think of myself as like a terrain rider, you know, a guy that's gonna go surf Santa Cruz and go down the line. And like, that's the way I feel when I wakeboard. And wakeboarding was the sport that I could wrap all the other sports that I enjoyed into one, you know? And, and I think that I think you come down here and some of the great riders, you know, Darren and, and, you know, Phil and Harley and some of those riders that are here that are extremely talented and Corey's and those guys, I think are more of Orlando riders. There are, you know, they're very technical. They can throw every trick in the book. They can create their own tricks. And so I, I think there's a big difference between the two. Well, there's no doubt if you go back and you watch some of the old video footage of you, 
you know, yeah, maybe there were some guys that sometimes had some more technical tricks. I, I'm not going to say you didn't have the technical tricks because you had one of the sweetest back mobs of them all. Well, but you took everything huge. You grabbed everything. You poked everything. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, interesting thing, when I, when I rode, I always felt like, man, I don't have any tricks. Like, I always felt that way. I always felt that, you know, if it really came down to it, like, I didn't have a lot of tricks. But the tricks that I did have, I really liked doing them, you know? So, like, that was the thing is I just stuck to the stuff that I enjoyed doing. And there was a lot of things that I wanted to learn. But then I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't really need to. So, I didn't feel the need to, like, focus on that. I was more focused on, all right, well, how many people can we take out on the boat? And how big can I do this trick? And, you know, like... I want to make this trick unique to me and that was more important to me than the technical stuff and there are a lot of riders that i rode with that were phenomenal jerry nunn jerry and i used to ride all the time that guy could do every trick in the book but then you know like that wasn't me like i i didn't care to do every trick i just wanted to do the ones that made me feel like like that you know that rush and that adrenaline I know you competed for a long time maker it was like 12 years or something <laughs> that you know, if, if you look on paper you, that you actually signed up for a contest. Uh, but, you know, how how big of a deal were they to you? You know, competitions were such a small scale of what I was part of. You know, Chris and I learned right away that we wanted to go on the road and we wanted to promote the industry and, and promote the sport. And a lot of guys didn't realize it, but... Chris and I, we would do clinics. We do one or two clinics before the tournament in some random location across the country, get very minimal sleep, no, no practice time. And then I'd go out and compete, you know, and Bish would work during the weekend and he'd also compete. So we were like, our lifestyles were so gnarly. We were living on the road, living on the bus tour, living on the fantastic voyage and promoting the whole entire industry. And we never... I mean, the competition, you know, was never a main focus on it. We did it because we thought that's what you're supposed to do. But we also realized that there was so much more to promoting the sport and there was so much more. It was, it was a lot more gratifying to go take a bunch of new people in a boat and have them get all excited about it and want to buy the stuff that you were using than it was for me to go try to compete and do that. I do enjoy competition. I do enjoy that. I do enjoy that. And I felt that like I was very calm and, and controlled in competition, but I never felt like I gave that attention. You still got that back mode front flip? I still try to throw it in there when I ride. I don't do the front flip anymore. I can tell you the last one I did, it was on Lake Jasmine. And I think, I think John Bemis or Darren Jones was in the boat. And they were giving me some grief about doing a front flip and saying that I was too old to do it. And I think I, I think I cut it the wake as hard as I possibly could, did a front flip, landed in the flats. It went really good. It went really smooth. And I said, you know what? I'm okay with that being the last flip I ever do. Like, <laughs> you retired the front flip. <laughs> I had to because... You're like Tony Klarich on the slalom ski. He said he, he retired it, but he brought it back, so... Well, now, now you got to think, though, too, is that back when back when front flips in the flat, flats were like, a, a, like an everyday thing, the wakes were about half the size they are now. So it's a different impact than when I was doing it, and also I was younger, so... You know, I, I definitely don't think I'm going to be doing any more front flips, but I still remember the way they feel. Okay, I found an old video of a demo that you put on in Hawaii many, many, I think it was around 1995. And, you know, we talked about it, about you coming to Wisconsin and doing a demo at our water ski show. And I just remember people going so nuts, like when you were on the water. I mean, it, do you think that's harder to impress people these days with what with what's going on on the water i think it's a different thing you know it was funny because like my wife said this a while ago she probably doesn't even realize that i that i that i recognize what she said but she said her generation it's cool it's too like it's too like lame or it's too cool to be excited about everything you know like her generation is you walk around slower and you act like nothing's too great or phenomenal for you it might be but you can't act that way and i think that's the difference is like my generation 
that made me sound really old, but my generation was that like, it was all about coming out and it was all about getting crazy. Motocross was insane. You know, wakeboarding was coming around, snowboarding and skateboarding was, everything was like being very vocal about your feelings, being very open about, you know, you know, being exciting, you know? Uh, and so like, I think that was just a different level of expressing yourself. I think the way guys express themselves now, Instagram, social media, that's the way they express themselves. They don't have to be outgoing about it. But it's always, but isn't it, it's, it's so disappointing sometimes when, when you go through social media and you have this idea of who this person is and then you meet them in person, you know, and maybe at a contest or something and they're just blah. But on, you know, the social media, they come across as Well, I think, I think that's kind of the times, you know, like, I think that's kind of probably maybe a good thing and maybe a bad thing. But I think that times have changed that you can, you can express yourself many different ways. You don't have to be, you know, you can, you can manipulate how you want people to think you are. One of my favorite all-time Micker moments was when you sprayed the boat of tourists back. Was it High Wake Drifters or Spray? I don't know. Or Hit I, It? I, it was, I think it might have been Hit It. Hit It. Regardless, it was yeah. the 90s, right? It was a great time. Um, I want to find out. Those people were not stoked. You, oh, dude, it, what, is, what is shown on film was very very tame compared to what was going on what happened so did you get pinched i no i sprayed the boat i thought it'd be funny like i thought it would be a funny little clip i didn't think i sprayed the boat but apparently i did and i didn't realize that the ski school was already in in an argument and fights with that tour company and they were trying to get each other kicked off the river to begin with so there was already stuff going on there no, like I, it was, it was very close to actually like a physical fight with the tour boat people. And when the sheriffs or patrols came over, they were like, get out of here, go home. Like you guys are not welcome here. Like we don't want your, like it was bad. They and wanted I, you to head back to the mainland. Yeah, and it was bad because I felt bad because I was just thought it'd be fun. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that it would be and you know an altercation like i always just thought it would be a cool little clip you know like and they it, it ended up being pretty bad as well yeah. I, I just can't imagine like you not being able <laughs> to make someone your best friend that time i had to walk away and just be like this is a good time to just shut my mouth and just say their piece and then just be like yep you're right i'm sorry let's move on kobe you're you're a very creative person. Uh, you're a creator. You're a fabricator, an inventor. You're a patent holder, from what I understand. Shameless plug for you right here. Uh, what's what's the hang tight, and how did you come up with it? Um, good good story. So what the hang tight is is it's a device that can attach to any boat cover, and you could suspend it from above, so you don't have to crawl under your boat and use poles or do anything like that. It was simply a good fix for a problem that I think everyone can relate to. And the way that it came about was John Bemis and I were at the Rusty Rudder in North Carolina having lunch at the marina, and we were on the road, we were towing a boat at the time, and we had constant issues with the cover, and it just has always been an issue when you tow a boat, the poles flop down, the whole story. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking out over the marina and I see, I think it was actually a Malibu at the time, and I saw a boat cover on it and the boat cover looked like a really nice boat cover. And I was like, wow, that cover actually looks pretty damn good. And then I saw that it had a rope from the high point of the cockpit to the tower. And I was like, what a great idea. That's, that's such a simple idea. That guy's brilliant. So then I'm like, I got to go check out this cover. I'm going to buy one of these today. So I get up from the table. I walk down to the marina. I walk, walking down the marina. I'm walking to go check out this boat. And as I get closer, I'm like, wait, that rope's not lining up with the tower. And I get closer and I get closer. And what I found is that there was no rope from the, ta from the boat cover to the tower. There was a sailboat right behind it. And just from where I was sitting at the table, it gave me the illusion that there was a rope suspended from the tower. And then I'm like, 
oh my god this is a great idea went back to the table drew it out on a piece of paper on a napkin literally um called my dad on the drive home because we were heading back to orlando and, I, and on the drive home i'm like called my dad because he's an attorney i said how do you get a patent he's like i don't know let's figure this out by the time i got home i had already gotten the patent process started and I'd already gotten a couple of guys that'll help out with the design. Chris Johnson um, with O'Brien is the designer that we've been working with for years. He designs the boots. He designs the boards. He does all the CAD work. He puts everything in the computer so that it could be made. Was on the phone with him and he's like, great idea. I can help you this. We can work on this. So the actual pieces of the hang tight are actually the same uh, material as a binding plate. So we had already worked with this material. So we just took the materials that we had already used and we shaped them in the way we wanted to. And we've done great with it. You know, it's, it's, it's the only patented product that um, for, a boat com for a boat suspension device on the market. And um, yeah, so that's, that's what we, we came up with. Pretty easy to install? It's very easy to install. Um, you know, if you you want to plug, I'll plug it. You can get it through Great Lakes Boat Tops is who has taken it on. They manufacture it and they distribute the, the product. It's really simple to put on. It's um, we just made it really user friendly. And, you know, so like, yeah, so you can if you're buying a boat and you have the option to get a Great Lakes Boat Top, it'll come on it. If not, you can purchase it and apply it to any cover that you have. Beautiful. Aside from Freedom Wake Park, uh, I know at one point you were you were dabbling in some team management positions. Are you, <clears throat> you playing any other roles in, within the industry these days? Absolutely. What I like to say I do is is I assist um, Pete Surrett and Ed Lavin at O'Brien on the team. I assist them with recommendations of where the talent is, how we should utilize them, what they should receive in compensation. And so, yeah, I definitely assist. So I, I think you would technically call it a team manager, but I like to say that I assist, um, you know, Pete and Ed with decisions for the team. All right, so the WWA's Pro Card Qualifier, it's coming up in March, and it seems like it's kind of turning into a tradition here at Freedom Wake Park. Can we expect to see it back here again? Yeah, I hope so. I think this is going on our fourth year doing it here at Freedom. I think it's one of the better events out of the year because of our conditions. Um, you know, we have a private lake, it's deep water, the boats have a lot of area to run. Um, it's a good long track and so I, I really enjoy it. You see phenomenal riding here um, due because of the boats and the conditions. So I think, it's, I think it's a great event. And plus, it's nice to see the up and coming guys, you know, and seeing their excitement about getting their pro card. I think it's important to a lot of riders to, to get that in their career. And I think it's important for them to kind of get ready for the season too, you know. So I think I think it's a good event. I really do. Very good. Uh, any anything else on the agenda for you guys? Any future big plans coming up here at the park, or maybe a, a new bus tour? I I don't think that the Chris, Tara Micker. Actually, the funny thing you say that is I I do believe that you will see some sort of tour out of Chris and I in the future. We are actually coming up with a line of boat fenders that have uh, detail in them, and it's they're actually <laughs> pretty awesome. So I do believe that you're probably going to see us on the road again promoting products that we're coming up with. And so we just decided, um, you know, to, to do some more stuff together. You know, I think we miss hanging out with each other, and we're busy with, you know, his family and, and Tara and I with the school. And so I think this is going to be a great addition to what we've done in the past. And you will definitely see Chris and I on the road promoting products um, this this year, this summer. You'll see us out there running around again. Hey, man, you're looking for a good sales guy. I'm always looking <laughs> I like for that. some creative work, just I, so you know. I really like that. Just, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. Just so you know. Okay, one last thing. I found uh, a wakeboard in my collection of toad water sports uh toys which which you know i might have to admit that i may be a little bit of a hoarder of water skis <laughs> and wakeboards and bindings and whatnot uh but take a gander at it can you can you tell everybody out there what it is so yeah so this is one of my pro models back it's an o'brien pro model um and this board was one of the most famous or one of my 
favorites back in the day. It has a the Earth theme on it, and if you look at the graphics, it actually has a um, like a photo of the Earth in the center, and then it drips down into this paradise life. And that's what the way I kind of felt when I was on tour and riding around is that there was a lot of clutter and confusion and havoc in the world. But if you come down to my level and you come down to my world, it's very peaceful, fun, and happy. And that was the whole inspiration of the, of the graphics on it. The board was one of those boards that just worked. It's I mean, an iconic we, shape. It's an iconic shape. And I think that this board still has a lot of uh, things that people will implement in their designs today. And it's just one of those things that, that really worked. And I have to admit that the flat spot in the board was not planned. It was a mistake, and it actually worked out very, very well. And every board that I've had since then emphasizes on a flat spot in the center. Well, I'm going to have you and Tara both sign it, of course. And I don't know, I was even thinking about maybe maybe trying to get a photo or a little video shot of me going off that fancy kicker out there, something that, that looks like you built yourself. Uh, we did, and I think you should go hit that. But I was thinking that, but... I also am planning to give one lucky listener this board, but but now to see how much you like it, I'm thinking, man, maybe I should just leave it in your hands here. <laughs> well, you know, we should definitely see if I have one of these on the wall at the house because this is a great board, and and there are a lot of boards out there that that were um, in the lines and that I don't have. Oh, you know here, here, I'm gonna give you the same. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you the same opportunity okay, that good. all these okay, listeners good. here. Check it out. This is what we're gonna yeah. do. Uh, it's, it's just this easy. So if you guys are listening right now, you want to win a free wakeboard, it's circa 2002. I'm going to take probably what should be its last ride. Nice. I mean, it's a, it's a nice board, but yeah. it's more of a wall hanger. It's going to have you and Tara's signatures on it. So here's, here's how it works. If you want to win this board, you just email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com, or you can message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. So you can send me a photo of, of you with, with Kobe. Um, so Tara, if you want to win this, this could be pretty easy for you, but I'm looking for like a fun old school, maybe photo, uh, or maybe you could tell me a story about a good time or memory of the Micker. Um, I'm going to look through my emails. I'll give you guys a, a few weeks after you hear this, maybe till April or so. And, uh, I will pick a winner of my liking and send said board, uh, to that person so they can cherish it forever. I think that's a great idea. I hope somebody will enjoy it as much as I did. You might. You hey, uh, you heard the rules. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to win it. Yeah, you can. Yeah. you can send me the. Uh, you can send me a photo, some an old <laughs> Micker photo. You'd I think right I have some stories there. for you. Yeah, send it to me. Send it to me once again. <laughs> Golden Mike at noiseofthenorth.com. Micker, we gave Tara her chance earlier to give some shout-outs. And uh, how about you? Uh, any sponsors? Social media you want to talk about? Yeah, actually, I do. You know, and it's really important to understand the relationship between a rider like myself and, and sponsors. You know, there was a point in my career that I wanted to do this every day. And it didn't come down to like, oh, I want to make money. I want to be, I want to, you know, give me a paycheck. When, when you love a sport as much as I do and as much as I did, I needed to do it every day. And so having the support of sponsors gave me the ability to ride every day and do stuff. So that's really why companies, you know, um, are so important to an athlete is really because it gives them the ability and the lifestyle to continue doing what they're, what they love, you know? So that being said, you know, I made a nice list here. You know, O'Brien's been there. You know, they were my first sponsor when I started in 1992. They were my very first wakeboard sponsor. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm really happy and proud to be with them. You know, Malibu has been great to us. They, you know, like Tara said, they've been a dream sponsor, you know. And also Tommy's, the local shop here that sells Malibu's, they've been extremely supportive of our school. And very, um, you know, Sean over there has been phenomenal with servicing our boats and, you know, keeping them up to top-notch, you know, operating conditions, you know. And, and you know, obviously Hang Tight and Great Lakes Boat Tops, those guys have been great with Hang Tight. Um, that's a great covered company, and they've been awesome to us. Say I Won't, too. Say I Won't has been a company with, with my good friends Brent Walker and Knox. You know, they actually um, supported me a long time ago, and that's been my fun sponsor. That's been my sponsor that, you know, has been fun for me to be with, you know. 
And so that's that's been a, a great thing. And performance ski and surf locally has been great too. You know, it's always good to have local support and a place that you know you can go get gear and get stuff. They've been great to us. Cool, and and hopefully we are as well. So uh, looking forward to that. Social media, you on there? I am, you know, I got to thank my wife, Tara, for being the driving force behind that. She's been great with, you know, all the social media that we do is, is, you know, Tara does all that. So she's extremely talented and keeps us going with that. You know, I, I kind of joke around, but I, I kind of say, you know, I'm the maintenance guy around here and, and I am, I, I fix a lot of stuff and she brings in the people. And so it's a great partnership and, and, you know, so she's awesome. Where can we find you? We can, on, on Freedom Wake Park Instagram, freedomwakepark.com, you know, and then also through O'Brien, Malibu, we're on their social media as well. Cool, cool, cool. Micker, thank you. Thank you, Tara. This has been a, a lot of fun. You know, I want to thank Dano. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, there's iconic people in the sport, and I think, Dano, you're one of those guys that really brings a lot of life and a lot of fun to our sport, you know, and I thank you. It's been a pleasure knowing you and stuff like that. I have a lot of great memories of you back on the road tour and stuff like that. And I don't think people, um, or definitely people should definitely know the importance of like how much the noise of the North gives to the sport, because you know, it's tough doing what you do and being positive as much as you are. And I love hearing you. And I think you've brought a lot of great things to our sport. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Micker, I'm humbled. Thank you again. It's going to be a thank you fight. I'm going to get the last one, though. I'll tell you that much. All right. You do. <laughs> thank you. All right, y'all. That does it here at Freedom Wake Park. But y'all hang tight. I'll be right back with more of the Golden Mike Podcast. For over 50 years, O'Brien has been creating products specifically for the ultimate and family fun on the water. Knowing your time at the lake is cherished, O'Brien's mission is to bring you the absolute most pleasure possible to make memories that last a lifetime. Quality, performance, and value are the pillars the O'Brien name has been famous for for now more than five decades. Like O'Brien on Facebook and follow on Instagram at O'Brien Watersports. Check out O'Brien.com to see the entire 2016 lineup of product, dealers near you, team, blog and more again that's o'brien.com o-b-r-i-e-n.com performance ski and surf in orlando florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs as an industry leader for more than two decades performance ski and surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz right now you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10 percent off your entire purchase by using my promo code golden mike all capital letters whether you're looking for current or closeout gear performance ski and surf has it all and right now with my promo code Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. Micker, Freedom Wake Park, an old school board signed. This episode has a little bit of everything. I had a blast with Kobe and Tara and was stoked to get that VIP treatment over at Freedom. And I recommend you listeners stop out for a ride yourselves. I don't think you're going to be disappointed. You know, we're going to be back out at Freedom Wake Park March 19th for the first Malibu Boats Pro Card Qualifier of the Year. It's a mellow event, and I will be there taking pictures and getting audio. However, I will not be on the microphone for this event. Uh, it's super low-key. The public is invited. Once again, I recommend you guys come if you're in Orlando. In fact, come out, hang with me, and we'll get a photo or have a rock star. Or worst-case scenario, we just high-five. And If high-fiving isn't your thing, I'll shake your hand, whatever it takes. I'd also like to recap the signed O'Brien Kobe board giveaway. If you want to win this board, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Send me a photo of you with Kobe or just write me a story about a good time or memory of the Micker. The more old school, the better, of course. 
and I plan to share some of what I get at noiseofthenorth.com and on the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page, which of course I know you all are already following and liked. You have until the end of March to get your entry in, and I'll pick a winner of my liking. I'll send the board your way, and of course I will make that announcement on the first episode this April. If you need more details, again, you can email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com or message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast and what I can do to keep you all listening. On social media, follow me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano and at the Golden underscore Mike. On Instagram at DanoTMano. Don't forget to like and share the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. One more thank you to the Micker, Kobe Mikasich, and now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, O'Brien, GoPuck, Hungry Boards, SUP, Malibu Boats, Logos That Pop, and Rockstar Energy. That's going to do it for today's show, and appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Lomano. And you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Light Podcast.